Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, 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 hello. Shauna, what are yo, you over yo, there? Yo. You're coming into the mic hot. What are you, <laughs> what are you doing over there? <laughs> huh? I'm encouraged by the Word of God. What's Good. Up? We're going to get into the Word of God. Uh, as we started, we've been going through this series on counseling through the Psalms that Shauna introduced last podcast. And so this podcast, we actually want to keep that going, and we're actually going to be focusing on Psalm 19. But before we do that, how are we doing? I'm good. It hasn't changed. I'm great. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's wonderful. Yeah. Jeremy? Doing great. Doing yeah. great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fun Life to be back good. together. It's been forever since we've been it is. together. It we're is. actually in person, everyone. So it is. And also, just really quick before we jump into Psalm 19, I wanted to encourage everybody. We're in a new year. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, topically speaking, if there's things that you guys uh, would like us to address and talk about, uh, please let us know. And you can email us at topics at speakthetruth.org. That, we, that way we can get uh, some some new things that you guys are wanting to hear about. Because uh, if not, we're going to do what we like. And uh, we want to be able to really give you guys the things that are going to be most helpful to you. So just want to remind you to email us to do that. And uh, let's go ahead and get started in Psalm 19. And as we were talking about last time, Shauna was talking about how kind of each psalm can be introduced in the counseling session. Um, and when you sit with a counselee and then you kind of work through scripture, and Jeremy uh, did a great job talking uh, through the psalm last time of just um, tr- going over a couple of verses and then praying uh, that uh, personalizing that to the individual uh, in the context was more along the lines of anxiety and those dealing with anxiety. Um, but the cool thing is about the Psalms is it's, uh, man, it's human nature on display, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, regardless of who the psalmist is, there's, uh, it's just, it's human nature just completely exposed. So who says the Bible doesn't have a lot to say about anthropology and uh, psychology and the study of man and all these other things that we can go to and the Psalms is the go-to to help us do that. Any initial thoughts? Well, this particular Psalms is one of my favorites to use because, you know, in a lot of counseling sessions, we really sometimes can get stuck on that. What's our horizontal limitations? You know, what is the counselee struggling from a horizontal perspective? What's going on in their life? And we want to be very attentive to that. We want to, you know, do good uh, data gathering and we want to listen well and really understand what's unique and specific about their situation, what's going on in their heart. But there's always and should always come a time, right, as a biblical counselor, that as we learn those uh, horizontal struggles, trials, tribulations, whatever they're going through, that we always redirect their focus to the vertical, right? Like we want to point them back to God. We want to share the truth of God's word and 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 what Jesus has done for them and just reflect on the glory of God in general. And, and so this Psalms particular is a great one to use to really talk about that. And so I know you're going to go in depth, but just to try to encourage someone, I guess, really in the way that I use it. So... Back to you, Mike. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> Jeremy, any thoughts, man? No, I look forward to hearing how you apply this. It's a beautiful psalm. Yeah, it is. And uh, it's it's obviously not you know specific to me. I mean, this psalm has been used to, to talk about general and special revelation. But there's there's another aspect of this that I think um, you know is more along the lines of different uh, di- different denominations. But I think it's I think it's helpful. And when we get to it, we'll get to it. But um, what I 
we'll, we'll, we'll finish the psalm out just talking about applied revelation and understanding how, how the Spirit applies the truth of special revelation to the heart of man. And we actually see that in the psalm as the psalm progresses, this communication, this conversation uh, that David is having. So he's, you know, he's, he's starting off right out of the gate, just proclaiming the glory of God. And so, so we'll just, we'll just look at this uh, right at the beginning here. Um, Psalm 19 uh, starts off, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. And then verse two, day to day pours out speech and night by, excuse me, night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them, he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber. Man, he's eloquent with these, these words. These illustrations are awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the strong man runs its course with joy, its rising is from the ends of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them. It's amazing how scientific he's sounding right now, too. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just right out of the gate right there and then just to finish that and then there is nothing hidden from its heat so right out of the gate what david is acknowledging is god's glory in creation i mean so the heavens declare the glory of god the sky above proclaims his handiwork and this is really uh the revelation of knowledge that the uniformity of nature and as romans one talks about where man's without excuse right um that uh, his invisible attributes uh namely his divine uh nature are clearly seen perceived in creation and david is clearly providing that for us right here starting and it really just captures the immensity of of creation and revealing god's majesty and the power of god uh, which again paul picks up in romans chapter 1 uh, specifically verse 20 um but in david celebrating god's creation he moves into the attributes and benefits of god's word which is in verse 7 through 9 and so just to take a quick break right here. In session, what I would do is if if I was working with a counselee who was really struggling uh, seeing God in their life and, and everything is I would, all right, first we have to see God as creator. So let's, you know, we'd go over these first uh, six verses and, and I would ask them, what, how, how do you, what does this say about God as creator? What is the psalmist declaring and demonstrating by his speech about the glory of God? And so I would obviously let them go on and talk about those things. Um, and then I would we would transition, and, and I would ask them uh, in session to read verses 7 through 9, which— So in that first part, just really focusing on God's, you know, incommunicable attributes. So as they said something like, oh, well, I see that he declared, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies, you know, above proclaims. And I'd say to the counselor, yes, that means that God is all-powerful. You know, he created the heavens and the sky. And so every time we look at that, we can see God's handiwork and how, you know, how does that impact your situation right now? Right. And so just really sit in understanding who God is, his glory, the glory of God displayed, the grace of God displayed in the Bible. Right. As we move forward into, you know, the special revelation. Yeah, and, and that's good, Sean. And I, and I would add to that too. In this particular part, because as I'm going through this, what I what I want the counselee to see is seeing God as Creator, Savior, and Judge. And we're going to see that progression as we go through the Psalm. And so, from seven to nine, we see God as Savior based on what David is declaring about God's Word. And this is where we get the idea of special revelation. Whereas creation doesn't reveal. The morality of God in that sense, right? We're not going to see that in creation, but as David says, starting in verse seven, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. That's a that's an impactful statement. So right there, he's covering the psyche of man, the, the being of man, um, ontologically, psychologically. He's he's applying the word to the soul of man. That's a huge statement. 
And then the second part of that, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So that's a truth claim. Hmm. You know, David's making truth claims here about God's word. Um, and then uh, verse 8, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. So now he's making this uh, this same statement as it relates to the soul, the heart, the eyes, everything, all of the, symbolically speaking, all of the things that allow us to see and perceive things, David's drawing it back and saying that, that God's word enlightens all of these things that make us, that give us knowledge and understanding and righteousness and all of these things. That's special revelation. Creation doesn't reveal that. And then, um, so right out of the gate, seven through nine captures the reality of special revelation. Any thoughts on that? Like, what would you guys do with that in session? As Anything? far as like verses seven through nine? Yeah. So I, I like, Michael, how you are connecting the word of God to the human psyche, the human soul. Um, and the phrases that he uses there are, are just striking. And, you know, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. It just, it reorients our vision. It reorients our, even our, our existential understanding of who yeah. we are. And, and I think bringing, bringing that, just making that connection with people that we're counseling yeah. just illustrates to them how relevant the Bible is to the issues of the soul. Right. So I really appreciate how you did that. Yeah, and, and, and the goal in helping the counselee see those very things is that it's one thing to, to say that God exists or, you know, because, again, last um, episode you were talking about, you know, an anxious person, so, someone struggling with anxiety. It's very difficult for them to see the truth of the very things that we were just talking mm-hmm. about in verses 7 through 9 where it's like reorienting them in yes. that, like, no, that there's— there's something that taking the word and applying it by reading it, you're you're reading it. And I think last uh, podcast you also alluded to Hebrews chapter four, right? Mm-hmm. That the word yes. of God is living and active, and and that's really what Paul's, or excuse me, Paul David's saying. Paul says it too, but David is obviously saying that here in his own way, in a very poetic, you know, wisdom literature sort of way, but helping the counselee see that these very these very things um, it changes and impacts the very soul of us. And, yeah, and, and another thing that you've mentioned Romans one a couple of times when uh, when people forget God uh, or when they when they resist uh, bringing Him into the circumstance or the or the issue, Paul tells us uh, very clearly what it does that it, it it basically gives us over to to futile thinking, yeah, and foolish hearts, and which uh, is the exact opposite of what David says. Yes, the word does yes, right here exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and so, again, just to kind of recapture that, just the progression of general revelation to special revelation, helping the constantly see God as creator. We always have to acknowledge him there, first and foremost, as creator. There's a huge chasm between creature and creator. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, and I, again, there was so much that you said in the last podcast, Jeremy, that was so good to the to the you know the person that's struggling with anxiety, how inwardly focused they become. Mm. Um, they're not thinking about God. That's right. Um, and so just to see that's the first thing to go is not even acknowledging God as creator, let alone acknowledging the special revelation that they have and that they believe, but... Um, you know, we've we've heard in the biblical counseling world, uh, spiritual amnesia. Uh, there's a there's mm-hmm. a paltropism, mm-hmm. um, but that sort of thing. So this kind of helps reorient that, and then you know, really kind of moving forward in uh, verses ten through fourteen. Uh, verse ten, 
more to be desired than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. So now, you know, David's moving from special revelation and talking about there's, he's making, he's making a statement that there's something sweeter. That in other words, experientially, there's something about God's word that is far better than obviously possessions on earth or the things that we covet like honey and different things like that and the sweetness, the things that we can taste and see and smell and know and do. He's saying that God's word is better than those things. Mm. And then he goes on to say, after that acknowledgement, moreover, by them is your servant warned in keeping them, there is great reward. Well, he's making another claim. He's saying that your word provides a warning to me, right? So this is the idea of applied revelation. The, the idea of applied revelation is taking special revelation and applying it to the soul. And uh, there's actually uh, a resource, and I'll put it in the show notes that, that I'll put in here, but basically the idea that this divinely empowered effect of special revelation is applied revelation. And that's what we see in the text right here in the way that David is describing um, that by your word, it warns me, it tells me what I ought to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. So there's an authoritative reality to God's word, right, that oftentimes people forget, right? Um, we, we just, we become dull and we, we forget these things. And so he's saying by his own admission that it warns us. And then to the man who can discern his errors, verse 12. So a man, like and I, Romans talks about this, right? Romans chapter eight, you know, a man doesn't, uh, only the man of that spirit knows that, you know, mm-hmm. and then it goes into talk about uh, the spirit of God and, and just that, that wrestling. But for man, we don't, we don't know ourselves, like we can't discern ourselves as well as we think that we can. Right. God's word does that. Going back to verses seven through nine and what the word of God accomplishes in us. Mm. Any thoughts? You know, I think a great question comes out of passages uh, where it's talking about God's word being more desired than gold and fine gold, sweeter than honey, etc. Because it's talking just about the, the deep value of divine wisdom through Mm. scripture. And that, as you were reading that, what came to my mind was the words of Christ, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Mm. a great question that comes out of that, just to gain a little understanding on where a person is, is do they treasure God's word? Yeah. Uh, Is that, do, do they treasure the wisdom that is coming out of Scripture, or do they treasure their own way of seeing? Hmm. And I think that could would be a, a really good place to to explore with someone. Yeah, that's really good. Um, and then, like I mentioned, acknowledging God as Creator again, verses one through six, and then Savior seven through nine, and then Judge, because you look at hmm. the progression of what David's saying. He says, "Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins." Hmm. So he's he's acknowledging God's not his power in creation, but his power over the soul of man. And this is applied revelation. So when we go into the New Testament, we obviously understand this in the doctrine of salvation, soteriologically, that the Spirit brings new life. And so David obviously is appealing to that in this statement. Mm. He's saying he's acknowledging the work that the Spirit does in himself. And then he goes on to say, Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So he's acknowledging God as judge prayerfully, right? This is yeah. a prayer. Mm-hmm. And so in session, you could help the counselee see like what, what started off as a praise and proclamation of God's goodness at the beginning of the psalm. He's now concluding it as a prayer. 
right? Mm-hmm. And you see that progression of so succinctly, David is acknowledging God as creator and then acknowledging the salvific reality of God's word to the soul of ourselves and saving us and, and, and all, all of that to then praying this applied revelation of, man, keep me from this because author- authoritatively, I know you're moving me, you change me, you cause these things in me because your word declares it. Mm. There's so much there that we could go on about, but that's what I would typically do in a session. And then again, depending on where I kind of perceive them in, in their understanding uh, in, in the word. And Shauna, you mentioned last episode, like the fundamentals, right? With Psalm 139, that there's, you know, with our counselees, what is their fundamental level? Like what's their understanding of scripture, mm-hmm. even in their doctrine? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and this communicates the sufficiency of scripture, right? So this would be mm-hmm. a perfect fundamental to yeah. do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so kind of my takeaway after hearing both of you is just the progression of using this particular Psalm, like Psalms 19, where you can almost section it out So starting kind of with verses one through six and helping your counselee just see how God, the general revelation, right? How God is revealing himself as creator and then working through seven through nine and how uh, is God to believers, you know, communicating himself as God as redeemer, God as savior. Um, And there's obviously so much in that, even as just God as creator in verses one through six, we can see, you know, that he's all powerful, all knowing, all present, right? Again, just going back to those attributes that are only about God that we will never obtain, right? special to him and we're set apart from that and then after david is here now rejoicing you know in in god's revelation he shifts to that prayer which turns to the applied revelation or the practical application piece where you pointing out as god is judge and just helping them see like this is where you know jeremy's example of psalms 139 and turning it into a prayer where you can take verse 14 that says let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight O lord my rock and my redeemer so praying that lord help my help my words and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you may i be blameless and innocent before you uh, keep your servant from the sins, you know, and help me be acceptable in your sight. What great prayer is that, you know, that if I'm really thinking about supplication and some of the requests I make known to God, how often am I actually praying in this particular way? You know, it can easily, and I think what you'll see probably in the counselee in the particular situation that they that they're in, that their that their eyes really are focused on the circumstances, the actual the actual situation. So how can we help? their thinking go back to praying specifically to God for these things and just rejoicing in who he is. So I think great fun ways. I hope you're excited to learn these, these new things to think through as you're helping your counselee apply scripture in their life, right? Yeah. And that's, that's good. And, and again, speaking of that progression and, and I think, I think Paul also picks up on that reality actually in Philippians two thirteen. for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So right in that psalm you see David working out what God is working in him. He's he's appealing to it. And he and he appeals to it by ending it with prayer, like you said, and then praying praying scripture asking God to do these things. Because what's the belief that God's working in me? He's applying these things to my heart, changing me, which is obviously thematically speaking the whole purpose of uh, the the new covenant and being Christ-like. Right, so this is a good opportunity to help draw uh, the counselee and seeing the connection in the Old Testament, the Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints, um, and looking to the one Christ. And then now Paul is able to reflect on that. So anyway, 
we could we could go on on that for a so little. So good. Go well, on that for a uh, bit, this but. Psalms and the other Psalms that we speak to at the podcast will be a free resource for you if you're an ABC member. But if you want to actually purchase the Counseling Through the Psalms book or the Counseling Through Bible Narratives New Testament, and the new one that's coming out for this year's conference is Counseling Through Scripture New Testament, you can purchase those on ChristianCounseling.com at our ABC store. Yeah, that's good. And lastly, I do want to for those of you who are working on the Level Two Certification Theology Exam, oh, uh, I'll put yay. the resource in the show notes. Um, the author, the the systematic theology book uh, that is used to uh, really kind of help in some of those questions that I know that some of you have are had. Are you giving them hints? I am to some of their them. theology questions. Yes, I am giving them hints. Well, that's good. Our Speak the Truth listeners gets the insight, right? Yeah, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> we appreciate you guys again. I just want to encourage you to email us at topics at speak the truth.org. Uh, we want to know what you guys would like for us to talk about. We'll see you next time.